Chapter 30 Where do you think you're going? Billy repeated. As far away from you as I can get, Danielle screamed. Before Billy could react, she thrust out both arms and shoved him down the back stairs. He cried out in surprise, grabbed for her. But she leaped over him. She landed hard on her hands and knees, scrambled to her feet, and raced around the corner of the house. Stop her, she heard Aunt Margaret shout from inside the kitchen. Then she heard Cliff's frightened cries. Would Aunt Margaret hurt Cliff? No, Danielle told herself. The werewolves aren't after Cliff, she told herself. They want a bride for Billy, a bride for the werewolf. Heavy footsteps pounded the ground behind her. Billy, with a furious burst of energy, Danielle tore through the front yard and jumped into the van. Her fingers felt thick and clumsy as she dragged the key out of the pocket of her shorts. It slipped out of her hand. She ducked down and searched the grimy van floor. Billy threw himself at the van. Danielle, he shouted, don't run from me. She found the key and jammed it into the ignition. Billy clawed at the driver's window. Danielle, open the door, he yelled. Don't run. You can't escape. You can't win. Oh, yes, I can, Danielle thought angrily. She pumped the gas and turned the key. Billy's fingers scrabbled at the window. Get away, Danielle screamed. The engine roared. She slid the van into gear and peeled away from the curb. In the rearview mirror, she watched Billy chasing after her. Danielle floored the gas pedal and tore down Fear Street. The van swung wildly and the tires squealed as she steered it around the corner and onto the mill road. Billy was no longer in sight. I'm safe, she thought, at least for now. Danielle let up slightly on the gas. She needed to think. Where can I go? Who will help me? I could go to the police station, but if they don't believe me, they'll take me home to Aunt Margaret. I'd never escape again. Who can I trust? Who will help me? As she sped north on the mill road, a face flashed into her mind. Dr. Moore. He said he could call on him any time, day or night, if she needed help. Well, she really needed help now. Danielle wheeled the van around and roared toward Shadyside's business district. The stores and offices stood empty and dark. Moonlight washed over the darkened buildings. The bad moonlight. It changed Billy and the others into werewolves, Danielle knew, and it almost made me one of them. But how? She had been outside under the moon hundreds of times in her life, and she had never felt strange or violent until she joined the band. Billy must have some kind of special power, Danielle decided. The street suddenly darkened. Glancing out through the windshield, Danielle watched another bank of clouds rolling across the sky toward town. Good, she thought. Maybe the clouds will block out the moon until Dr. Moore and I figure out what to do. Dr. Moore's big Victorian house came into view. Be home. Please be home, Danielle prayed desperately. She brought the van to a screeching halt and jumped to the ground. Gravel dug painfully into her bare feet as she ran across the parking lot. Dr. Moore! Danielle pounded on the door with both fists. Please, it's an emergency. I need help. I'm in danger. Open up! The old house remained silent and dark. Danielle fumbled for the doorbell and jabbed her finger against it over and over. She heard it buzzing inside. She kept one hand on the button and pounded on the door with the other. At last, the outside light flashed on. A chain rattled, a lock clicked, and the door swung open. Dr. Moore stared out at her, blinking with surprise. He wore rumpled pants and a loose-fitting sweatshirt. His fringe of gray hair lay matted to his head. Thank goodness, Danielle gasped, pushing her way inside. I was afraid you were gone. I fell asleep on the couch, reading, Dr. Moore explained, rubbing his hand over his face. What is it, Danielle? What has happened? Danielle slammed the door. I don't think Billy will figure out that I came here, she said in a frightened whisper. She turned the lock and slid the chain into place. But I can't be sure, Dr. Moore. He's got some kind of power. 
The doctor's eyes widened in confusion. What are you saying? Are you being chased? He asked, studying her face. His expression changed. You're hurt, Danielle. Your face is scratched and bruised. Come into the office and let me take a better look. I'm all right, Danielle insisted as the doctor ushered her into his office. The scratches don't matter. Please, I'm in danger, and so are you, if he finds out I'm here. Stay calm, Dr. Moore urged softly. You can explain it all to me in a moment. First, let me make sure all the doors and windows are locked. She watched him hurry out of the office. At least I'm safe for now, she thought, breathing a little easier. But what can we do? What can he and I do against a pack of werewolves? The doctor returned a few seconds later. Everything's locked, he told her, shutting the door behind him, and the alarm system is on. No one can get in. They'll find a way, Danielle replied. You don't know them, even if they don't. We can't stay in here forever, and they'll be waiting for us when we come out. Danielle, Dr. Moore's forehead wrinkled in concern. Try to calm down and tell me what happened. I can't calm down, Danielle cried, pacing the office again. You don't understand, Dr. Moore. You don't know. No, I don't, the doctor answered gently. You have to tell me, Danielle. They're werewolves, she burst out. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Billy and Caroline and Mary Beth, they're all werewolves. Aunt Margaret, too, except she isn't my real aunt. She's... Dr. Moore held up his hand. You've lost me. I'm sorry. Please. Take a deep breath, Danielle. Start at the beginning. Danielle forced herself to stand still. She took a deep, shaky breath, crossed her arms over her chest, and began to talk. She told him everything, trying to keep it all straight. She kept her voice as calm as she could so he wouldn't think she was crazy. Dr. Moore listened without moving, without blinking. When she finished her story, he strode to the small refrigerator in a corner and pulled out a carton of orange juice. Drink some of this, he instructed, handing it to her. You're in shock. No, I'm not, Danielle declared angrily. You've got to believe me. I'm not making any of this up. I'm not. Did I say you were? He replied. You're burning up too much energy too quickly. Your body needs the sugar. Or if you like, I can give you an injection to help you calm down. No, Danielle grabbed the carton and tilted it to her mouth. I have to stay alert. The doctor nodded calmly. That's fine. I want to help you, Danielle. But won't you at least sit down? You need to rest. Danielle shook her head. Billy might figure out that I came here, she said. So we need to think of some way to trap them. A trap? Yes, Danielle drank some more orange juice. It'll have to be inside. If they're out under the moonlight, they'll change into wolves, and then we won't stand a chance. Yes, I see. You do? Danielle asked. Then you believe me? The doctor nodded solemnly. I believe you. Thank goodness. Danielle finished the juice. She felt better, stronger. Okay, so let's figure out how we're going to trap them. A knock on the door made Danielle drop the juice carton. The orange juice puddled around her feet. Dad, a voice called. Where is she? Is she in there with you? Danielle recognized the voice at once. Kit. Danielle's heart raced. Kit was alive. Yes, Kit. Your bride is waiting for you in here, the doctor answered. He pulled open the office door. How did you let her get away? Chapter 31 Kit stalked into the office. Thanks, Dad, he said solemnly. His expression brightened as he turned to Danielle. Here you are, he exclaimed. Danielle could almost feel the blood draining from her face. I had it all wrong, she realized. I made the wrong choice. It's not Billy. It's Kit. They want me to be Kit's bride. I don't understand how you could have let such a thing happen, Kit, Dr. Moore said, shaking his head. You're very lucky that she came to me, or she might have gotten away. Sorry, Dad. It couldn't be helped. Kit grinned at Danielle. But she's here now, so everything's okay. No, Danielle whispered hoarsely. She backed behind the desk as Kit started for her. Don't come near me. 
Danio, listen, Kit began. Dr. Moore cut him off. Leave her alone for a few moments, Kit, he ordered. After all, she's had her share of shocks tonight. Give her a chance to calm down. Kit nodded. No problem, he murmured. He sat down in a deep armchair in front of the desk. How did you get away from Billy and the others, Danielle cried. Kit shrugged. Simple. As soon as you took off in the van, I let the moonlight do its work. Billy and the others are no match for me. You're one of them, Danielle said numbly. All along, you've been one of them. She turned to Dr. Moore. And you're Kit's father, so you're one of them too. The doctor nodded gravely. But I'm not just one of them, Danielle, Kit told her. He leaned forward in his chair. I'm the pack leader. I thought Billy... Billy. Kit waved his hand as if swatting away a fly. Billy does what I tell him to. Know why I made him band manager? To keep you from guessing the truth about me. But he and Carolina marry Beth. They are all under my control. And you will be soon, Dr. Moore told Danielle quietly. Danielle shook her head furiously. You're both crazy. It's not going to happen. You might think you can control me, but I won't let you. You don't have any choice, Kit told her. My son is right, Dr. Moore agreed, but there's no reason to panic. You are already being controlled. Huh? What are you talking about? Danielle cried. Your therapy, Kit said. Your visits with my father. Danielle stared at the doctor. It's really very simple, Dr. Moore told her. I haven't been treating you at all. While you were hypnotized, I gave you suggestions, planted ideas in your head that would make you fall under the spell of the moonlight. You need moonlight to change, Kit told her. But it isn't enough. You have to want to change, too. At least at first. So Dad gave you the desire. Hypnosis is such a wonderful thing, the doctor chuckled. I even planted your songs in your mind, Danielle. The songs, Danielle thought. Weird songs about killing and howling and clawing and dying. Now she understood why she'd been writing that stuff. See, Danielle, Kit said. The control is already happening. It's been happening for almost three years. You're lying, Danielle shouted. I didn't even know you three years ago. But I knew you, Kit told her. Maybe you don't remember. Three years ago, you went to a rock concert in the park. A bunch of bands performed. Danielle did remember that concert. Not because of the music, though. She remembered it because three nights later, her parents died. Mine was one of those bands, Kit went on. Different musicians, but the same roadie, me. When the concert ended, I saw you hanging around, hoping to get autographs. And that's when I knew. Knew what? That you would be my bride. Kit's pale blue eyes gleamed. Wolf eyes, Danielle thought. Danielle shuddered. How could I have ever thought his eyes were beautiful, she asked herself. They're so cold, so dead. Once I had chosen you, I worked out a plan to make you mine, Kit continued. First, of course, I needed to isolate you, to get you alone. Isolate. The word hit Danielle like a hammer. She knew what Kit was talking about. My parents, she uttered in a voice filled with hate. You killed my parents. Danielle fought back the urge to hurl herself at him, scratching, kick, and bite, anything to hurt him as much as he'd hurt her. Kit nodded. And your aunt. I had to get them all out of the way, or my plan wouldn't work. It isn't going to work, Danielle told him hotly. I promise you that. You can kill as many people as you. She stopped, remembering. As if he could read her mind, Kit nodded again. You're thinking of Joey and Dee. You're right, Danielle. I killed them, too. Images of their bodies flashed through her mind, shredded and torn. She blinked the ugly pictures away and stared at Kit. Why, she demanded. They were part of your group. Why did you have to kill them? 
Joey knew you belonged to me, but he flirted with you anyway. Kit's eyes glared angrily. I warned him not to come on to you, but he wouldn't stop. I couldn't put up with that. Joey had to go. What about Dee? What did she do? Forget to bow down to you? Danielle screamed. Kit jumped up, clenching his fists. Kit, Dr. Morris said. Don't let yourself get angry. We're too close, son. Right. Kit slowly relaxed his hands. He advanced slowly towards the desk. Danielle trembled. But Kit passed her and strode to the little refrigerator. He grabbed the bottle of water and took a long swallow. Dee tried to warn you about me, he told Danielle, as if there hadn't been any interruption. She betrayed me. She tried to warn you away. Tried to make you leave the band. Danielle closed her eyes. Dee tried to save me, she suddenly realized. I thought she hated me. But all the time she was trying to warn me, and Kit killed her for it. Don't you understand, Danielle? Kit asked. I couldn't let Dee warn you. I worked too hard. I couldn't let her frighten you away and ruin everything. Danielle shook her head sadly. Kit sighed. And then Billy tried to save you too. Billy? Danielle's eyes flew open. I thought Billy works for you. Yes, he's my slave, like Mary Beth and Caroline, Kit agreed. But it's hard to keep control of a wolf pack a hundred percent of the time, especially in daylight. And Billy started to get some ideas of his own. Earlier tonight, he really wanted to save you. Luckily, you chose to come to me. Poor Billy, Dr. Moore murmured. Yes, I liked him too, Kit said. But he'll have to die for trying to save you, Danielle. You're sick, Danielle cried. What do you have to kill him for? Just let him go. Kit's eyes grew colder. No one betrays me. No one. Danielle shivered under his icy stare. You'll have to kill me too. Never, Kit whispered. I would never kill you. The bride of a werewolf was completely under his power, Danielle, the doctor told her. Once you and Kit are wed, you won't want to turn against him. You'll forget everything but how much you love me, Kit added. Danielle turned her head away. She couldn't stand the sight of him. How could I have ever let him touch me, she thought. Kit sighed again. I guess I can't expect you to be glad yet, he told her. But you will. You will, Danielle. Never, Danielle thought. I'll never be glad because it's never going to happen. She had to get out. Without turning her head or raising her eyes, she glanced quickly around the office. The doctor stood at the door, Kit near the desk. I'm trapped, she saw. Or was she? Behind the desk, tall windows opened onto a terrace. Beyond the terrace stood the yard. Beyond the yard, the river. Smash the window, she told herself. Grab the desk chair and smash the windows. Then run for your life. The chair was one of those heavy leather ones. She wouldn't be able to lift it, but it was on wheels. If she rammed it against the windows, it might do the job. It's time, Kit announced. Come, father. Perform the ceremony. Mary, Danielle, and me out in the yard, under the moonlight. Kit and his father started toward Danielle. With a frantic cry, she snatched the stapler off the desk and threw it at Kit's face. He ducked, and it smashed against the wall. Danielle grabbed the chair. But before she could send it crashing into the window, Kit leaped forward and grabbed her. He drew his face close to hers. You can't win, he whispered, his hot breath making her flesh tingle. Danielle spun around, grabbed hold of his hair, and yanked as hard as she could. Kit gasped. Danielle kicked out at him and yanked his hair again. Then a strong hand clamped down on her shoulders. You're only making it harder on yourself, Dr. Moore told her. Get the windows, Kit. With the doctor holding her, Danielle watched furiously as Kit opened the windows to the terrace. Come, Danielle. Kit turned to her, smiling. Come, my bride. It's time. I have no choice, Danielle realized to her horror. I cannot escape. Chapter 32 
Kit and his father dragged Danielle through the windows and onto the terrace. Danielle didn't make it easy for them. She twisted and squirmed, then went limp and dragged her feet. But the two men kept pulling her across the stone terrace and down the steps to the yard. Look, Danielle, Kit commanded. Look at the people who have come to our wedding. Danielle tossed her head back. Caroline, Mary Beth, Aunt Margaret, and Billy had gathered in a yard. Billy, she cried. Caroline, stop them. Help me, please. Caroline shifted her weight nervously. She lowered her eyes, avoiding Danielle's gaze. Billy, help me, Danielle pleaded. Billy stared back at her. The defeated expression on his face made Danielle gasp. He's going to kill you, Billy. Did you know that? She shouted. Kit's going to kill you because you had the nerve to go against him. Are you just going to stand there? I don't believe you, Billy responded dully. My master would never do that. You see, Danielle, Kit whispered in her ear, they are members of my pack. They trust me to do what is right for them. Danielle glared angrily at the wedding party. Caroline still wouldn't meet her eyes. Mary Beth appeared dull and robotic. Aunt Margaret smiled happily at Dr. Moore. You should see yourselves, Danielle screamed. You're pathetic, ridiculous. How can you let Kit control your lies? Insulting them won't work, Dr. Moore told her. Nothing will work, Danielle. Danielle glared at him, but she knew he was right. Nothing would work. She was trapped. The doctor clapped his hands like a master of ceremonies. Let us begin, he called. The group in the yard formed a loose circle around Kit and Danielle. She had never felt so alone. Kit took Danielle's hand. Before my father marries us, I want you to sing, Danielle. She stared at him, unbelieving. You've got to be, Danielle broke off. Go ahead and sing, she told herself. Anything to buy some time. Time to think of a way out. What song do you want? She asked Kit. Bad moonlight, Kit laughed softly. I think of it as our song. He squeezed her hand. His touch made her stomach tighten. Fine, she replied softly. She cleared her throat, took a deep breath, and began to sing in a high, thin voice. Bad moonlight falling over me. Bad moonlight shining down on me. Her voice trembled. I can't do this, she thought. She turned her eyes to Kit and his father. They both watched her. Kit had a smile frozen on his face. Dr. Moore nibbled his lower lip tensely. Keep on singing, Danielle, the doctor insisted. Kit, she's wasting time. She's just nervous, right, Danielle? Kit asked. Danielle nodded. Terrified was more like it. She thought her heart might pound right through her chest. She's trying to figure out a way to escape, Dr. Moore said. Kit shrugged. Even if she is, it won't do her any good. There is no escape. Not now. Relax, father. Kit controls him too, Danielle realized. Keep going, Danielle, Kit told her. Don't worry about how you sound. Danielle cleared her throat. Her voice still sounded small and weak. She coughed. Some water would help, she murmured to Kit. Dr. Moore shook his head impatiently. She doesn't need water, Kit. Make her finish the song so we can get on with this. Kit glanced up at the sky. Danielle followed his gaze. The clouds she'd seen earlier were still overhead, but they were moving. The moon would shine down again soon. It's almost time, Kit told Danielle, but I'd really like to have the song at our wedding. Hum it if you have to. Danielle turned her back on Kit and faced the others. Go on, Kit urged. Finish the song. Softly, Danielle began to hum the tune. As she did, she moved around in the circle of Kit's wolf pack, staring into each one's eyes. They don't control their own minds anymore, she realized. Kit does. I'm the only one who can think for myself. But the song would soon be over, and she still hadn't thought of a way to escape. Humming softly, Danielle approached Billy and gazed into his eyes. Do something, Billy, she begged him silently. Don't let this happen. 
Billy's lips parted. I tried to save you, Danielle, he whispered, but you ran. Danielle felt a surge of hope. Billy spoke to her, the real Billy, who cared about her. I tried, Billy whispered again. What I can't do any more, you will have to save yourself. Danielle quickly whispered, Save myself? What can I do? Raise your eyes to the bad moonlight, Billy replied. Go with it. Let it happen. But I can't, Danielle protested. You can, Billy whispered. Let the moonlight take you. You will know what to do. Danielle turned away from him, questions racing through her mind. Was this really the Billy who cared, or the one who was Kit's slave? Could she trust him, or was his advice a trick? If it was a trick, she'd be lost, but she was as good as lost now. Danielle finished the song. Good, Kit exclaimed. Now we will be married. Father, begin the ceremony. Kit took Danielle's hand. His touch repulsed her, but she forced herself not to jerk away. I have to keep him off guard, she thought. Dr. Moore followed and stood facing them. Danielle glanced at the sky again. The clouds floated apart, spreading away from the moon. The escaping moonlight outlined the clouds in silver. Raise your eyes to the bad moonlight, Billy had told her. What will happen if I take his advice, she wondered. What will happen? Friends, Dr. Moore began solemnly, join hands as we witness this marriage, this wonderful union that we've waited for so long. The small group reached out and held each other's hands. The circle drew tighter. Danielle faced Kit. As Dr. Moore spoke, she noticed a glimmer of moonlight touch Kit's dark hair. Could she trust Billy? Could she? Slowly, Danielle raised her eyes to the sky. The clouds had drifted away. The moon floated low overhead. Danielle shivered in its icy glow, but she didn't turn away. She stared straight up into the bad moonlight and waited. Chapter 33 Seconds passed. Danielle heard Dr. Moore's voice. She felt Kit holding tightly to her hand. Then she felt her body start to change. Her skin tingled, then began to itch. Her throat tightened. She coughed. Her voice escaped in a low rumble. She felt the hair grow in her hands, over her arms, thick and bristly. She curled the fingers on her free hand and felt claws digging into her palms. She felt her face twist, felt her nose and mouth pull forward into a snout, felt her teeth extend as her lips pulled back in an animal snarl. When the bad moonlight changes you, you will know what to do. Billy was right, Danielle thought. I do know what to do. She inched closer to Kit. A low growl started deep in her belly. It rose out through her entire body until it escaped her mouth as a bellowing roar. Then Danielle pulled open her powerful jaws and sank her teeth deep into Kit's throat. She heard Kit's startled howl of pain. She heard the shocked cries of the others. She saw the circle break saw Aunt Margaret raise her hands to her cheeks in horror, saw Dr. Moore's eyes go wide, his knees buckle. Danielle held on, held on, held on, dug her wolf teeth deeper into Kit's fleshy throat. A shrill whistle burst from Kit's open mouth. He whipped his head furiously back and forth. Danielle staggered, but held on, held on. Kit's whistle became a bleat of pain. Blood flowed down his neck. The whistle became a choked whisper. He sank to his knees. Danielle sank with him, grunting, groaning, uttering sharp, breathy growls, her teeth buried in his throat. She didn't let go until Kit's eyes rolled up in his head and he sank lifelessly to the grass. She heard the cries of the others, but turned her eyes to the moon, to the pale white moonlight, the bad moonlight, sinking once again behind the clouds, the light fading, fading. Danielle's body tingled and ached as she returned to human form. She shut her eyes tightly and waited for the painful feeling to stop. 
She opened her eyes in time to see Dr. Moore fall to his knees. His entire body began to quiver and shake, harder, harder, as if trapped in his own personal earthquake. His arms flew up as his body shook even harder, and then parts of him began flying off. His body is shaking apart, Daniel realized, gaping in horror. Dr. Moore's arms flew off his shoulders, his ears flew away from his quivering head, and then his head flew apart. Danielle covered her mouth as it splattered on the ground. Danielle spun away, saw the woman who had been Aunt Margaret shake apart too, saw Kit's body shake and fly apart, heads and arms, hands and feet strewn over the grass. Oh, oh, oh no. Were those sickened moans coming from her own throat? And then Billy, Caroline, and Mary Beth came rushing up to surround her. Billy's eyes glistened with admiration. You did it, Danielle. You set us free. You've released us, Caroline cried happily. She threw her arms around Danielle and hugged her. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Kit used the bad moonlight to hold us prisoner, Mary Beth explained. We weren't strong enough to break free. Her green eyes burned with gratitude. Thank you, Danielle. You broke his spell. We've got our lives back now. They swarmed around Danielle, smothering her in joyful hugs. After many tears and cheers of celebration, Danielle managed to break away from her happy friends. She ran into the house and called home. Cliff was fine. He didn't know that anything was wrong. It was anger that she'd awakened him. Danielle felt a strong wave of affection for her brother. They were orphans now. She'd have to fight to keep them together, but she'd faced off with a werewolf and won. Now she could face anything. After telling her brother she'd be home soon, Danielle returned to the others. Caroline and Mary Beth had flopped down on the terrace steps and were gazing up at the sky. They stared at the moon as if seeing it for the first time. The white light washed over them, cleansing and pure. Billy wrapped his arm tenderly around Danielle's shoulders. We don't have to dread the moonlight anymore, he confided, thanks to you. Danielle leaned against him. I don't care if I never see the moon again, she said, sighing. Know what I'm looking forward to? What? Billy asked. Danielle grinned up at him. Some bright sunlight. This has been a Nightfall Audiobooks production of Bad Moonlight by R.L. Stein, A Fear Street Super Chiller, Book 8. Well, that's Bad Moonlight. How about that ending? Everybody sort of blows up. So Aunt Margaret isn't really Aunt Margaret. It's just some woman that was working with Dr. Moore and Kit. And once Kit dies, Dr. Moore and her explode or something. It's kind of weird. Well, at least Billy, Mary Beth, and Caroline all got their lives back, so that's nice. I remember this being one of my favorites when I was a kid. It's a werewolf book. I didn't have too many werewolf books back then. I don't remember what else I had, if I had any at all. It was still a fun read. It took until the very, very end for something to happen. I thought you were going to see more of Danielle being a werewolf, but you don't. She's a werewolf for like four pages, and then that's the end of it all. Nice build-up. Good story plot. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot left to say about this. If I were to rate this book, I'd recommend it. It's a good Fear Street super chiller. It's a good super chiller in general. Uh, lots of good descriptions. It takes a little bit longer to get moving. It's 195 pages. The average Fear Street book's 140 Let's see here. Like the Catalina Chronicles book one is 151 pages. And that took um, like two hours to record, I think. It's a very, very fast book. Bad Moonlight's going to be very long. Bad Moonlight puts me in a weird position in that this is now done. And I still have to finish up Ski Weekend. And I have another book planned. 
I got it from the library yesterday, and I don't want to start another book, another another book, until I have Ski Weekend at Bad Moonlight edited and finalized and built and things like that. So I'm going to sit on the library book for a week until I can get Bad Moonlight or Ski Weekend at least edited and, and published. Today is Wednesday. I'm home the next couple of days. I'm probably going to just finish up Ski Weekend at my home studio instead of at the primary studio because I'm home anyway. I might as well finish it. A studio update. My studio is about as complete as it's going to get. I have some small improvements. I want to install a bookshelf to put my books in. I want to do a studio tour and show you guys where I work. That's about it. This was a good book. I liked it. I liked reading it again. It was fun to revisit it after all this time. So thank you for joining me. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email, nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com, or find me on YouTube, Nightfall Audiobooks. Leave me a comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell anybody that you think would like to hear Fear Street novels. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time.